Hello and welcome to Monday Morning with Anna. This is my very first episode and I hope you will learn something from it. So let me introduce my co-host, Milena from Brazil. She's a journalist and English teacher living in Mongolia. And our guest is Amy Love Tomasa. She graduated from Stanford and now teaching creative writing at the university. So both of you, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. That's fun. So Amy, can you please introduce yourself a little more? Your professional background and work experiences? Sure. So I graduated from Stanford three years ago with a BA in Urban Studies, actually in Italian. And while I was there, I shifted my focus into creative writing. So I went on to get my master's degree in creative writing, uh, which I finished last May. And from there, I taught creative writing at Stanford in the pre-collegiate studies program this summer. So what is creative writing? It's really fiction, essays, nonfiction, poetry, and that's the kind of work I do and love teaching that to students. And, and continuing to teach that here in Mongolia. So you speak Italian? I do. <laughs> my, wow. My family is originally from Italy, so I learned when I was 15. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting you. to hear. How many languages do you speak? Just Italian and English. Oh. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> Maybe a few <laughs> words of Mongolian. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. um, well, I have also a question for you. Um, you have started um, working as a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you're a writer, you're a lecturer, all about critical thinking. So for the listeners who don't know what it is, can you please explain to us briefly, what is this strategy, critical thinking? Yeah, so critical thinking, it sounds like criticizing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very different than criticizing. It's more critiquing, right? So criticizing is what's wrong with something generally. It's, it's kind of a bad thing we do. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking is balancing both sides of an issue. What is working well with something, an idea, and then on the other side, what can be improved and how do we get there? It's by considering all perspectives, right? By gathering evidence, by thinking really deeply about all sides of an issue to come to our own opinion, which is non-biased, without prior judgments, and I would say it's coming to the core of an idea, it's becoming an independent thinker. Wow. Wow. Thank you. I heard that you're working with Mongolian students. How is it going on? Yeah, so currently I'm teaching at the Gurun Academy, um, and that is the school that I worked with this summer at Stanford, the Mongolian cohort came. So I'm continuing my work there teaching creative writing and the personal essay to Mongolian students, which are actually both high schoolers and adults. I'm really excited to welcome all ages to my class. Um, and so far it's interesting, you know, I think cr- creative writing is relatively new here in Mongolia, so I- introducing this concept that's not just about applying to a school or acing a standardized test, but more the side of self-expression, right? How can we just communicate who we are with the world through the written word? And that's the biggest challenge, is shifting the focus to the more creative side of things, which is a valuable life skill of writing, and not just a goal-oriented getting into a college or writing a perfect academic essay. Not limiting it, right? Exactly, yeah. You also have experience teaching with to international students. Mm-hmm. And now in Mongolia, you are 
working with Mongolian students. <laughs> so how much do you think their critical and analytical thinking skills are different? Yeah, so I'll start what I, with what I know best, which are American students. And really from a young age, we're just drilled in critical thinking. <laughs> Maybe too much, who knows? But um, so we just start analyzing problems since really just kindergarten and writing from many sides of an issue and especially learning to read very, very clearly, um, not just for what a text is about, but what is the author's purpose? What are they communicating to us? How does it differ from our opinions? So we're trained, so our brains have just become acclimated to doing that automatically, to think very deeply and to always ask questions, always ask why. And I would say that's a bigger difference that I see here in Mongolia is just the level of questioning is not quite as developed. So answers might be more general. For example, if I ask students, what matters to you? They'll say, okay, maybe family matters. And, I, and I, my job is to get them to go deeper. Why does family matter? Because it's important. Okay, but why, right? And then you always have to back that up with specific examples so that it becomes your own story and not just a statement any single person could say. So I do think the critical thinking here um, is less developed, but Mongolian students have a lot of great ideas and, and energy and willingness to learn, and so I'm delighted to work with them in all those capacities too. That is awesome. Um, so as you were saying, um, as Americans, since kindergarten you kind of learn to develop this critical thinking, even though you don't know the concept uh, you don't know what the concept is, you're developing it already from a young age, yeah? Right. But for those who, like Mongolians were explaining, who have never had this kind of training, how can they learn and develop these abilities? Is there a specific or a better st strategy to focus on? Yeah, so there are some very concrete strategies and then some softer ones, we might call them. So the concrete ones are just to start reading all the time, reading anything. Just great literature, for one, great magazine reporting. There's just so much out there on the internet that we can learn from the strongest writing we can find, you know, whether that's The Atlantic, American Magazine, or the New York Times, for example, um, or classic Russian novels, right? Mm -hmm. Just start reading, and then secondarily, start writing. Whether or not it's a prompt for school or just in your journal, Truly, that is developing your ability to just think more deeply and express yourself. That's all critical thinking, right? This is a life skill we're talking yeah. about. It's not academic skill. And then maybe on the softer side of things, just asking questions. We have to train ourselves to ask questions about everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell people. You would like to improve your critical thinking? Well, we can start right there. Why? Mm -hmm. Why is it important? Mm -hmm. And that's the practice, the habits we need to learn. Um, you know, and then from there, just challenging each other. When somebody says something to you and ask them, what evidence do you have of that? They're presenting you an argument. Okay, well, why do you think that? Because it's learning to just not accept any information at face value, because everybody comes in with their own opinions, but to decide for ourselves what's important. Um, I, was, I was giving a talk last week, um, mainly there were only girls, okay? And they were in their 20s, so they're young. Um, and one of the things that I was challenging, challenging them to do is, was exactly this, to ask questions. Mm -hmm. I felt like they were too quiet, they wanted to know more because I could see their face of like, what? You know, I was like, guys, it is okay to ask questions. <laughs> it is fine to ask questions. But I think in this cultural background where 
for example, father especially is the biggest authority in the family who you should not confront. I think that has a lot to do with, uh, with that, you know. And back in university, just giving another example, um, I'm a journalist uh, graduate, and my professor, there was one professor that would always say, your news stop when you don't have any more whys to answer. And from that, you know, I think I was developing this critical thinking ability that maybe he didn't even know he was mm -hmm. making us practice, you know. Um, so, yeah, just giving, like, some real examples. Yeah, and just shifting the mindset. Kind yeah. Of, just teaching people how to think, which sounds really simple or basic, but no, that's actually what we're Complex. doing. It's called metacognition. That's just a big word for, for what I'm talking about, is teaching us how to ask these deeper questions. Mm -hmm. So that it just becomes part of how we think. So I have another question. At workplace, some people tend to think or even say the ability of critical thinking depends on a person's age or work experiences. So there is a bias that new graduates who don't have much work experiences are lack of critical thinking if we compare it to the experienced ones. What's your opinion on this? Is that true? Yeah, I would actually say that perspective um, perhaps of an older generation is a failure of their critical thinking to just assume that just because things have been done one way for many years that it's the right way or that new ideas won't drastically improve a situation or that young people don't come in with their own you know, bright ideas to add in. And so critical thinking is very dependent on adaptability and the willingness to change too and be open-minded and creative. So this applies to any profession and it's not just for, okay, like literature professors who are clearly analyzing texts, but bankers, right? Anybody who is looking to improve themselves in their organization needs to be critically thinking. Young people, on the other hand, I've observed are also not always critical thinking because they're constantly being fed on social media, just information that doesn't always have a source, mm -hmm. accept it, um, and not the critical reading skills are being developed. And so, you know, that's a problem for the young people on the flip side. So how can we balance, right, the older generation accepting new ideas and the younger generation thinking more deeply about new ideas? Um, so, like, some people say that when a person stays stay on a certain position of work for too long, mm -hmm. they get too used to that. Mm -hmm. Everything becomes automatic. Go in, leave. In the meantime, just keep repeating the same things. So how as a manager I direct or a director can change this kind of um, behavior? Right, so sometimes the problem isn't even just staying in a role for too long, it's not getting the proper feedback to improve in that mm -hmm. role. And feedback is another um, concept maybe that is perceived as a little bit scary or negative, and that's just not the case, and it's partly how you give feedback. So okay, you've been in a certain role for a certain amount of time. Um, when you seek feedback and receive feedback from your peers, your boss, your colleagues, it's not just what you're doing well, that's an important part of it, but it's how can you improve? And that's not scary, right? How can you be a better version of yourself? Which we all can be. And that's not something you ask yourself once. Yeah. It's a weekly question, right? Monthly, yearly, and part of the feedback process is just setting goals mm -hmm. and working towards them, checking in 
um, have I gotten closer to my goal? Right? Mm-hmm. What resources do I need to get there? Um, and so that's how to fulfill the best, the position that you're in. And then from there, you can maybe improve, mm-hmm. be promoted. Who knows? Receiving uh, positive feedback is always good, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I think it's safe to say that we are more motivated when receiving positive feedback to our work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it's easy to be led into discouragement when the response is negative. So how can we use negative feedback in our favor? Mm-hmm. So the first thing is to shift the mindset and the language from negative feedback to opportunities for growth or for improvement. And so already that's setting a positive trajectory towards growing into the role, not shrinking right from what you're doing wrong. And so it's in framing how you say it. Like One behavior I have observed that you could do a little better. Starting a sentence like that and from a place of wanting to help someone improve and not an emotional place of trying to beat them down for doing something wrong. Right. Generally, it's not that they did anything wrong. It's just that uh, a short like behavior correction. And so reframing negative feedback. And then the second thing is making it a habit so that an employee isn't just receiving one really bad review a year and it shocks them and it's upsetting. But no, if this is happening every week, you grow a thicker skin. You can accept more easily and more objectively, right, non-emotionally, how you need to improve. Well, that's a good point. Now that you just mentioned, um, before we go on to other questions, how can you separate emotional reactions to uh, rational reactions when getting feedback? Because I'm a very emotional person, mm-hmm. you know? The same time that I'm very reasonable also, she's going to say, I didn't like how you did it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This could have done, been done differently. But even though I love her, someone mm-hmm. who told me that, I still have that feeling that maybe can have an impact on my next action, you know? Do you have any recommendations to separating both of yeah, them? Absolutely. Just not taking it personally, right? Uh-huh. And just separating out, okay, uh, I'm speaking to someone, they're giving me feedback. They have their own bias, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying. So you have to think critically about their feedback. What is the uh, statement on my performance? And then what is coming from their own experiences of the world that might be more emotionally driven? And those are very different. Mm -hmm. And so um, part of that, when you're starting a process of feedback maybe in the workplace, it's really the job of the leaders to create a culture of that positive Mm -hmm. feedback. Again, and then the more you do it, the thicker skin you'll grow. Mm -hmm. And then the more we practice giving feedback to others and ourselves, you know, start examining ourselves. And so we can get really clear about, like, what we actually need to improve on. Because the second part of feedback that I will say is if you take everybody's advice, you will become just the average of Mm -hmm. different opinions. So you need to know yourself first before you can then accept, right, the wisdom, the feedback of others. Can we measure our process? How can a person know if their thinking is actually being effective? Mm -hmm. Are there any analysis that the individual can do? Right. So it's not so easy, right, like some professions where there are metrics to measure, okay, are your sales going up or something like that. With critical thinking, it's much more personal and self-analytical where you're gaining the skills to look at your own behaviors, your own goals, and see, okay, if I set a goal, am I halfway there? 
by the time I said I would be? Or as a team, have we achieved this goal we've set for ourselves at work? And that takes practice and patience and also the willingness to accept that not everything can be quantified. In fact, the most important things in life are very qualitative. And that means the willingness to grow, the willingness to learn and be open-minded, be curious and ask questions, that's very self-motivated. Right? So you actually just can't put a number on the critical thinking skills that you, you should really continuously be working on. Awesome. Um, and you know, like it's, it's how people say, when you're in the middle of a problem, mm -hmm. sometimes you cannot see what the, the whole picture, the big picture, yeah? Mm -hmm. So as a result of sometimes being immersed on a project, um, sometimes we can misperceive the outcomes of it since we can be blindsided yeah, by our personal ideas. So what suggestions could you give to balancing mm -hmm. what we are involved with and the reality of it? Right. So stepping out of your own little world, your box, and asking for help. Using your teammates, friends, colleagues, whoever they may be as your best resources. Because right, we're in the middle of a project, we can't see all sides of it. So we have to implement a process called calibration, and that's making sure our uh, perception of the reality lines up with the actual reality, right? So asking people, okay, how is my progress? Or what feedback can you give me to improve my project with my writing? And this is a process um, I've learned over time, sharing my writing with others, very vulnerable at first, and mm -hmm. then actively and eagerly soliciting their feedback, or trusted people. Um, because they can see things I will never see about my work and then they can communicate those back to me so I can improve. So use other people as your best resource. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. To close up our talk, what recommendations would you give to someone who's uh, still insecure about their performance through critical thinking? Mm -hmm. I think developing this mindset of becoming a lifelong learner and that education never ends and there's no wrong answers in terms of the process of critical thinking of learning really anything you can do or read will set you on a better path of developing these skills but you have to start somewhere mm -hmm. so start today with asking your best friend you know what traits do you love about me and you'll gain the confidence there to then next week ask them, what could I improve upon? And it doesn't have to be hard or scary. It's literally meeting yourself where you are to start self-improving every day. And what I like to think is you're not comparing yourself to other people. You're comparing yourself to who you were yesterday and who you want to be tomorrow. And so that's the journey you're tracking and using the critical thinking to see, okay, so where was I yesterday? Where am I today? Where am I going? It's just thinking about your life differently and this, really this growth mindset of um, opening up, you know, just your ideas of what's possible. Were you secure, secure in the beginning? Absolutely not. How was it? <laughs> no one is secure in the beginning. Well, so, like I said, with practice in my master's degree in writing, um, every single week, multiple times a week, I was giving my writing to people and they were out loud critiquing it and at first I would leave just feeling so beaten down they didn't like it but no it just over time I realized that's the learning process to then take the feedback that I agreed with and to really improve because when I started to see my work improve that's when I realized like, oh this is working 
but no one's perfect. <laughs> I was so scared in the beginning. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and thank you, Melina, too. You're very welcome. It was really fun.